What is going on, everyone? And welcome to yet another episode of TXR, episode number 104 to be exact. A place to kick back and unwind with your favorite Game Talk crew. I am your host, Invader, and I cannot wait to kick off tonight's show and dive right into the topics. But first, an announcement. We are now on even more podcasting platforms. You can now find TXR on iHeartRadio, CastBox, Radio Public, Anchor, TuneIn, and Stitcher. Just some more options for our wonderful fan base so that you can get your TXR fix anywhere. All the service links are listed in the description down below. And now, without further ado, let me introduce the panel. Hey, Megatron, how's my fellow metal badass doing? Uh, how you been the past week, man? I've been hanging in there, hanging in there. I've been, uh, like I was saying earlier, uh, pre-show. Just kind of been down on some things. You know, that's it. Uh, as you, everyone knows, my uh, friend, uh, Sir Merkham, passed away about three weeks ago now. And uh, it's been tough. Um, I've been kind of quiet about it because it's just kind of hard for me to deal with. Uh, <clears throat> didn't realize I was going to be the last time I was going to see him was at uh, E3 in June. Uh, and um, I don't know. It's just uh, it's been rough situation. Rough, you know, uh, I don't know. It's just tough. <laughs> I've yeah. just been coping. You know, Yeah, so no, just, absolutely. Yeah. Like, uh you know, I remember a couple of weeks ago we had uh, mentioned, you know, his passing obviously on the show, and he was a, you know, a great figure in the community. I again, I did not know him uh, very well. I did not know him personally, but I respect all people in the community, and a lot of people were touched, you know, obviously by his passing and affected by that. And uh, you know, rest in peace, right? Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, well, you know, thanks for being with us tonight, Megatron. Uh, Shock, how's my favorite static friend doing? How's things at your end? Pretty good, pretty good. Just playing some uh, Persona uh, for Golden. Trying to get through that. Those games are like hundreds of hours long. <laughs> um, and jumping back into that new Destiny. Got through uh, Forsaken. I'll see if I can get into the old raids. I doubt they run anymore, but... <laughs> and get to that shadow keep dlc ah yes well i know you're not the only one on the panel who's uh itching to play the new expansion and whatnot uh centurion my favorite gaming crusader uh, how's your weekend been man not long enough gosh uh, not enough time to play destiny i know everybody here is wanting to try the new dlc i've uh been already dabbling in it and cleaning up some of the other missions that I kind of fell behind on. I've been spending a lot of time playing Destiny 2. Um, and also, me and you the other night hung out for a little bit and played some Friday the 13th. That was an experience. <laughs> hey. some, true, some true gamers right there. <laughs> oh, man. We, we heard stories about that game, and apparently mm -hmm. they were true. <laughs> hey you know what okay i'll admit uh i i actually had fun with the game like while oh, we were playing fun. like it took some getting used to and yeah there were some some definite noticeable glitches but uh hey you know what it was free with gold and i'd always kind of wanted to try it since i'm a friday the 13th fan you know and um yeah you know we had a pretty fun time there what was it the first time you were jason you like clicked you like totally beat everybody 
Oh yeah, that was fun. And then the second time, everybody just beat my ass. Like I mean, like I was able to kill one person, and then everybody's like doing like drive-by freaking slashings on me. Like somebody come out of the stick, stab me, run back in, and it was like they were all working together. That's what I was like. Great. Now we're going against the guys that have been playing this game since day one, and they have total tactics down on how to take out Jason. Mm-hmm, I, haven't played, I haven't played that since. It was fun for what I played. I was playing with Tim, and uh, I kept getting my butt kicked with uh, Jason. I felt like they were, I was. I felt being. I was being picked on. <laughs> I, I felt like the, the the kid in school that got picked on for being Jason. See, I will fun. be upfront, man. Like this first time being Jason, I got the the hedge trimmers, which were cool. It wasn't that big a deal. But mm-hmm. the second time, they put that spear in my hand. That spear, nothing like running around trying to get people with a sharp stick. It ain't gonna work. I mean, <laughs> I could, I, oh, dude. That was that was the annoying part about it. Is I, I definitely will say, do not be Jason with the spear, because <laughs> that that made it rough. Yeah, I tell you, there is some really cool moments though, because like all of a sudden you'll be in a house and then there'll be like some 80s music playing in the background as you're like, you know, killing all the teenagers. And it's like, oh, you know, I remember this from the movie. This is pretty cool. All right. Uh, you know, it's just interesting, too, because when you're the counselors, it's like you have to work together. If you're all scattered, then Jason can just pick you off one by one. It doesn't work out very well, usually. So. No, I had a fun time. We should get a group thing going for that or for other games too. But Friday the 13th is uh, pretty fun. Um, unfortunately, it doesn't look like Jeremy, the downer, will be able to make it uh, tonight. He's doing some stuff. And Tim, well, Tim Dog's traveling right now. He may not be able to make it. So you got this fantastic group of four with you tonight, as well as uh, Southbound. Southbound may not be showing up tonight. He's got some things going on. But hey, great group, great topics, and I cannot get, I cannot wait to get into them. We also got a fantastic group of people in the chat already. Shizno Elite, how you doing, bud? Matt Jones, thanks for showing up, bud. UK Daz, uh, had left a little note here. He'll catch up later. He's uh, in the UK, so obviously uh, not be able to make it right now. Peter Sark, thanks for showing up, bud. Anthony Boyd, hey, how you doing, man? But yeah, we got. Yeah, I was we got, gonna say what's up, every what's up to everyone. I'm not logged in, so I can't ch- respond to the chats. But uh, I can't. Sorry, hi. <laughs> <laughs> I can't respond to anybody because I'm not logged into uh, my YouTube account. So hey, everybody knows you're a badass, Megatron. But <laughs> uh, before we get into the really meaty topics, guys. It's a new week, and you know what that means. We have a ton of new releases. It's late October, and there's all kinds of big games uh, that have come out or are coming out in a few days. Let's see. Who's picking up any of these titles? Uh, let's see. I'll list off. First, the highly touted RPG, The Outer Worlds. Guys, anybody plan on picking that up here? That should already be downloaded, man. The Game Pass, you know, I don't have to you know, spend that extra cash. So I'm looking forward to playing that. Definitely. Yeah, I picked it up for a dollar. Uh oh. <laughs> hey, this is a game that I've been waiting to play ever since it got announced. I really like the whole aesthetic of it, the whole vintage look. 
uh, with it being in our space. It gives you a real Fallout feel to it too, because it's the you know a lot of the creators behind Fallout or with oh, Obsidian. Yeah, and to put it out there, even though I'm going to play it day one on Game Pass, with Black Friday right around the corner, I'm hoping that's one of those games that end up getting a massive discount on it as a as part of the sale that they have. I do want to eventually buy it to just support the uh, developer. I might mm-hmm. wish you on that one, man. This is supposed to be like the similarities to what uh, Vegas, right? Somewhat, it was done, by, some it was done by the same company. So yeah, this is yeah. basically like the like almost like new Vegas, just with a different coat of paint on it. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. played the hell out of uh, Fallout Three, but I, but I still have sealed, brand new. <laughs> backlog just goes on for years now, but like still brand new Vegas just sitting there. So oh, oh, just man. fire that up. Well, don't open it, but I should I mean I think I have it digitally. I'm pretty sure I have it digitally. I just already. came on Game Pass too. Yeah, Fallout oh, really? New Yeah, Fallout New Vegas will eat Fallout 3 alive, in my opinion. I mean, like I heard there's a so lot much. more flair into the game compared mm-hmm. to Fallout 3. Yeah, I heard the same thing. I had a really good friend of mine, childhood friend. We used to game together all the time. He told me, you know, just we were just talking yesterday that he liked Vegas uh, much better than uh, Fallout 3. He enjoyed Fallout 3. He beat it several times, but Vegas was uh, definitely uh, uh, an improvement. So mm-hmm. Yeah, I think Vegas was stronger in, like, the story department and everything, mm-hmm. from what I hear. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. So... And now on the same day, we have Call of Duty Modern Warfare. Guys, I know there's been a lot of talk back and forth about uh, the newest Call of Duty because of you know the whole uh, exclusive uh, mode situation, which is unfortunate. But you know, I'll admit, you know, after playing the beta, I, I really liked what I played. I just might hold off until a sale. Um, are you any of you guys going to be picking it up? I'm kind of on the fence myself, but uh, you know that. I mean, how? I mean, that's been forgotten about now. It seems like that whole extra mode or game type. You know, people are just you know, I guess uh, over it, and then um, probably gonna just that probably gonna that game's gonna sell like hotcakes. Uh, mm-hmm. But I don't know. I, I bought the last one last year. What was the name of it? I don't even remember. Remember, but like, I played it a handful of times with a bunch of friends. And uh, I'm not Black sure. Black Ops Four. Yeah, Black Ops Four. <clears throat> I don't even. Uh, I don't. I didn't play it that much. You know, it's just like it, I had to have it because if someone wanted to play, I'm glad I had it in rotation where I could just jump in. But we'll see. If enough people hit me up and say let's let's play some COD, I'll buy it. Mm-hmm. You know. So. Yeah, I promised a friend that I would get it before the whole you know everything hit the fan with that mode. Uh, being uh, exclusive announced. So I'm like, oh, you know, I, I do really want to play with my buddies. That's a thing, right? So, mm-hmm. yeah, I'll, I'll wait for a sale in any case. But, uh, you know, it's, it's unfortunate. But, hey, you know, it still looks like a cool game. Uh, what else do we have? Uh, we have Medieval, the remaster, coming out, too, I think, on that day. Uh, you know, it's a good day, late October, near Halloween. Uh, any of you guys with PS4s, are you going to be picking that up? I thought about it, but that might be something I might pick up again the yeah, following month because, yeah, well, me and my wife, we love platformers. Oh, my God. You know, I even got Super Lucky's Tale running around here somewhere. It's a good game. <laughs> Dude, there's, a lot of there's just time. You, 
They just bought it hmm? or they played it because of the demo disc that used to come with the PlayStation. That was the only reason they ever played it. And that's they played the demo and stopped. And so that's why a lot of them aren't jumping on it this time. They're like, yeah, <laughs> I have nostalgia for it, but it's skip. So as far as medieval, you're going to wait for the sale then, basically. I mean, that's the best way to play it because, I mean, there's so many games coming out, man. It's just like. We gotta save somehow. So between Game Pass and these sales, the Black Friday, man. <laughs> oh yeah, we also gotta worry about buying family members and friends presents as well because that's <laughs> well, only yeah. like two months away. So mm-hmm. definitely thing, any, any savings I can get right now on consoles, and we also have new game consoles we need to start saving up for this time next year. So definitely need to be kind of saving the funds as much as I can. Okay, okay, they very true. Also, we have the latest Plant vs. Zombies game, uh, Battle for Neighborville, a new iteration in the Garden Warfare franchise. Now, I was a huge fan of the second game. I thought that the multiplayer was very compelling and just a cool game overall. Are any of you guys interested in this? (sighs) I'll let Megatron go first. Um, (laughs) Yes and no. I just... Nothing really kind of pulls me in. I heard it was such a really, really great game, but like, I don't know, man. Like, call me a fraud. I didn't even play the first one. And I heard the first one was really good, really fun. So, and neither did I. I didn't play the first one. It was the second one that kind of drew me. I was like, okay, okay, I'll, I'll get it. It was around my birthday, and I was like, okay, I'll, I'll pick it up. And hey, man, I, I liked that. I liked the multiplayer. I thought it was fantastic. I mean, I don't know. Everything just worked pretty good. <laughs> Is there a campaign to Plants vs. Zombies? Uh, yes and no. There's like a, a... it's like very small. Like yeah. almost you could you can almost look over it if you don't really look for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like a backyard battleground. I think it's called, and you can do missions like for either the zombies or the um, or the plants. And it's it's interesting, and there's like collectibles and stuff, and you can do un, you know unlock a whole bunch of stuff, but it's not like a true true campaign, I would say. No. Uh, when it comes to Plants vs Zombies, I I picked it up on a sale one day for like three dollars and seventy five cents, and I had saw the multiplayer on it, and I was like, I gotta check this out. And uh, I, here's the funny part: the, the fact that it's done by EA. I do not know why they could not take the multiplayer mechanics and the reward mechanics in that game and apply them to Star Wars Battlefront, which they completely microtransactioned into the ground. Um, like I meant, like that game was addictive. The rewards were definitely geared towards uh, you know you doing well in the multiplayer. You were rewarded for playing the multiplayer. And yeah, it just didn't feel like a total, total grind. Like you actually had fun playing it and then you get over. It's like it's like they were almost getting kids ready to go into some of these games where they had more and more microtransactions. Does that make sense? Sure. (laughs) At any rate, I know PTK Blam uh, loves the uh, Plants vs. Zombies. And as a result, me and my wife actually, well, I played it a lot. My got my wife intrigued a little bit. So it's actually on my radar as being something that I think I might pick up, especially if my wife wants to uh, play it with me. Okay. All right. 
Well, guys, we're going to move into our first topic of the evening. And, of course, we're on the cusp of The Outer Worlds being released in under a week now. And, man, like I said, I am really excited for this game. Like, really, really excited. And a few days ago, there was an interview with Obsidian senior designer Brian Hines talking about development and how the whole Microsoft buyout affected Obsidian. He made some interesting comments stating that uh, now that they're a part of Microsoft, that they can focus on what their next games are going to be rather than just pitching them. As well, he went on to state that we don't always have a carte blanche to whatever we want. Uh, that'd be fantastic. It definitely is much more focused on like, okay, let's make the games cool. Let's make the games we want to make. And that's one of the things that when we were acquired that Microsoft said to us, we're buying you because we want you to keep making the games that you've been doing, not change you. So obviously some interesting tidbits uh, have been said there. It seems like there's a lot of reassurance coming from Microsoft. What do you guys make of this Obsidian dev statements? Is this encouraging to hear that they will have the freedom to create cool worlds that they want? Well, I'll tell you what, I had to, the opportunity to speak to uh, a few of these, um, these devs, including um, Obsidian uh, at E3, because we didn't really get a chance to talk that much about E3 because we just kind of took the summer off, but they were so enthusiastic and nothing but praises on their partnership with uh, Microsoft. And I, I wish I could remember the person's name who I spoke with, but it was just, he just couldn't stop talking about how enthusiastic they were with the partnership. So that being said, man, I'm expecting great things from them all across the board, like, <clears throat> I think mm -hmm. it's going to be uh, um, something to look forward to in the future, definitely. Well, just think about it, too. If the Outer Worlds actually, Shizno Elite uh, brought it up, too. If it looks good now, imagine what will happen when it's when this franchise goes into like the Outer Worlds 2 and it's fully funded by Microsoft. I mean, that that's going to be something when they choose to expand the world and add in mm -hmm. more. Because right now it's being published by the private division. Um, I think it's Take-Two it's under, if I'm not mistaken. But, you know, obviously going forward, it will be a part of Microsoft. And I'm just, man, with the type of budget that uh, they'll have under them, I really want them to create a living, breathing world, uh, a world that you want to like explore and so on. I'm already into what they've been showing. I'm into the whole like vintage look, the uh, Fallout vibes to it. It looks really cool to me. Centurion, is this something that, uh, you know, you like hearing that Microsoft is going to allow these devs to, to make the cool games that they want to? Well, yeah, because that's how you're going to get innovation. You know, when you have restrictive policies that make it to where, you know, this is what we want third person over the shoulder. We want to push some boxes around. It has to, uh, you know, be narrative driven. Kind of see where I'm going with that. Um, mm -hmm. ba basically, when you have a, cooker, a cookie cutter policy towards your games, it totally restricts um, the idea of innovation and creativity. Microsoft has had some of, not the greatest exclusives this generation, but they have uh, certainly had some of the most um, diverse. Um, they're not all the same. A lot of them are even new concepts. Like look at Sea of Thieves. Um, so, 
Yeah, and with Obsidian, oh, you know, they are the masters of the RPG. Um, and it is definitely something that Microsoft wants in their wheel wheelhouse. They know they're lacking that whole RPG side of uh things when it comes to games. So definitely it's going to be really interesting to see what's going to come out of Obsidian as time goes on, purely because now they're gonna have, like you said, had all that Microsoft funding. And they're going to have some of the resources outside of funding. Like they're going to have access to even certain franchises in uh, Microsoft, certain developers. And they're definitely going to be able to uh, expand uh, the depth of the product that they could put out. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And it's true. Like obviously Microsoft's exclusives this generation had, well, to put it bluntly, they really teetered off towards the last couple of years. And Obviously, they've been putting their money into acquiring studios like Obsidian, but you know we we really want uh, we're, we've been missing RPGs from Microsoft. You know, obviously we haven't had Fable this gen, or at least a true Fable. Uh, we haven't had a you know like a lot of RPGs from them. So it's nice that they acquire this dev Obsidian. They're known for their fantastic RPGs, and. It's really encouraging. We got the Outer Worlds coming out. It, it looks like it's going to be one of the best RP Western RPGs this gen. It definitely caught my eye, and I love other people's. And with that game in their stable going forward, can you imagine what they'll be able to do with the Scarlet next gen? It's just it's going to blow everyone's minds. I think it's already coming in 4K on the Xbox. If you want to, <laughs> you want that experience. You know that we had that controversy over the last few few days whether it's going to be a bit you know for the uh, pro or not but mm -hmm. you know but they did say it's going to be what for the pro 1440p which is still i'm pretty sure a great experience you know mm -hmm. it's just a resolution it's a resolution thing you know but if you want that clarity that sharpness uh come on over to that uh x well it's funny that you mentioned that megatron because I, I was going to touch on that too um mm -hmm. because yeah a few days ago like I guess it was the private division that came under fire and Obsidian for making an initial, I guess it was a tweet or some sort of a statement that the Outer Worlds would only be getting like Xbox One X en enhancements and not the PS4 Pro. And this was later clarified, obviously, by private division stating that the game would run at 4K on the Xbox One X and uses 4K textures. However, on the PS4 Pro, it will run at 4K, though it'll be upscaled, I guess, 1440p, as you were saying. Now, guys, do you think this was kind of overblown, you know, all the outrage? Because I saw a lot of tweets going on about that. I mean, obviously, Private Division clarified that. But, you know, is it really a surprise that the Xbox One X would have, like, better visual upgrades than PS4 Pro? I mean, it kind of outperforms it uh, the past year or so, right, when it came to the games. Uh, no, I do think, sorry, just hop in there right away, but I do think it was completely blown out of proportion for no, uh, two reasons. First reason, it's a Microsoft studio. So if you want the premium experience Bingo. to be on Xbox, <laughs> guess what? That is why it's an Xbox studio. If you want that premium experience, you go over to Xbox Two, You have to accept the limitations of the PS4 Pro. I own a PS4 Pro. I own an Xbox One X. My wife, who is not as hardcore of a gamer as I am, can see the differences on both consoles when it comes to up or whatever you want to call it. 
by far the Xbox One X is more powerful than the Pro. And so no matter how much you want, there is no, if I'm sorry, but if I was Microsoft and, you know, the PlayStation fans were like, no, you need to make it fair. You should make the Xbox version look just like the PlayStation. It's like, no, it's not our fault. Our machine is better quality. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, remember, uh, you know, it was what back in uh, 2014 with Grand Theft Auto that pe- that people were losing their minds over like a couple of blades of grass. Oh right? yeah. And then also for some reason, um, apparently at the beginning of this generation, people were able to tell the difference between 980p, I mean 900p and 1080p, and now you can't tell the difference between 2160 and 1440. So, Isn't whatever. Well, the thing is, I was never one of those people that was like, you know, overblowing at the time. Like, even 1440p, like, I mean, I think it would still look pretty decent, right? Like, I just. I was never even in resolution. Let me tell you, that 900, that 792p Titanfall game that came out, I had a blast. You know, so. Um, Oh, yeah. I just uh, got Ghost Recon Breakpoint. It was. uh, Mm I want it on Wilmyhood's podcast. Shout out to Wilmyhood. Thank you. Nice. Um, so many people have been talking about, oh, it doesn't look realistic. This looks like crap. You know, the game just isn't really what we thought it would be when it comes to, you know, the resolution and the quality you're thinking you're getting. Sometimes I'm going to be up front. I really look past some stuff like that. If the game play, plays well and it's got a story that can pull me in, you know, to me, lifelike graphics and resolution aren't the end all be all of a game there to me it's deeper than that mm-hmm. well i mean it's interesting that i there was such an uproar over it however i will say i mean you know the xbox one x the hardware itself it is so much more powerful that you know of course it's gonna have a bit of an advantage but more juice to crank out you know those textures right so what was yeah, I'm, funny I'm, was uh Foxy Games, they were the ones that were trying to slander Jez, even though Jez didn't even write that uh, Windows Central article, um, saying, like, you need to check your facts. I'm like, they got the info from the direct PR firm <laughs> that, you know, is uh, representing Private Division, who's publishing the game. Mm-hmm. So it's like, well, then we can blame you just as much because you got your de- you got wrong info as well. Well, that was given to him, everybody. you know. So, and that's what, and that's what everybody, all the, uh, you know, GameSpot, uh, everyone took that information that was given to them, and you know, took it as facts. I mean, it was just a mistake, right? And MS and uh, Microsoft couldn't even call the shots on that anyway. It's private division; they're not going to jeopardize mm-hmm. their whole reputation of like being paid off to hold back a platform. That that's not going to happen. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's true. Now, if I recall correctly, because I I scrolled through that, did he actually post a picture of like what Private Division sent? Yeah, he. he they said no PS4 enhancement. They told him. Uh, yeah, that's what I thought. So that's when. So that's what people were thinking. Like no two, like no two K at all. Like they thought it was just gonna be like 1080p, no enhancement between the Pro and the base PS4. So that's what mm-hmm. people were kind of pissed about. Yeah, I didn't like, see any retractions from GameSpot, by the way. You know, I don't think they ever even made a retraction at all about because they reported it too as well, and I didn't see them change anything. I'm, pre- I'm pretty sure I, maybe I missed it, but 
Mm -hmm. Well, there are a few retractions across the board. I'm not sure about GameStop, but I I do remember seeing some uh, some articles changed uh, pretty quickly mm -hmm. about that. But as Shizno Elite said, yeah, they were only reported what they were told. You know, you can't really blame them, right? That was the information given. Like it says it right that's there. Also, that's also hilarious because Foxy Games is the one that was saying in his video that oh, this must have been. I think it's Microsoft that did this. And like, so you were slandering, you know, Microsoft, not knowing the facts when oh, yeah. you're critiquing Windows Central for providing the facts that they were given from the direct source. So if anything, you were worse than what they did. There goes his credibility. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, that's what happens like, when you have like really hot, you know, hot takes on things right off the bat. Right. And then everything just changes in an instant. Yeah, go ahead, Shock. Oh, um, I was well. I was gonna mention. Uh, I, I well, I watched one of the MBGs, uh, <laughs> or no, his his tweet about. Oh, this is uh, with those Gears of War microtransactions. Um, like this is what you expect with Game Pass, and I'm like, wait, wait, wait a second. Like that's every division, Destiny. They all have look at them. They all have egregious cosmetic microtransactions, all around the same price, if not worse, elsewhere. And if they so took out the map packs and the the gambling. People were spending way more money trying to get those cosmetics in Gears 4. And they didn't think they were because they were just buying loot boxes. But they were spending way more to get those. If somebody's going to criticize microtransactions at this point, they need to go brush up on what's going to happen with Call of Duty. <laughs> like I mean, like that they flat out blatantly said that the game is going to probably going to go towards pay to win. Ooh, really? Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, well, there's my answer from the previous question. I'm not buying it if it's going to be a pay to win. You yeah, they they did. They basically came game. out and said that they don't want to make this game for like the casual kind of player. They want the hardcore Call of Duty fans that have no problem getting their wallet out. I don't. Mm -hmm. I mean. Uh, that's yeah, what's probably gonna line. happen? You gotta define hardcore with how much money you make to enjoy a game to really get into it. That's 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 not good. That's not good well, for anyone that wants and to play. They, this and game. they're also being sneaky about the fact that um, they were like, "Oh, the game's gonna release without microtransactions and loot boxes," but that's because they're just doing that short term to get past the review period of the game so the mm -hmm. game reviews well and after that probably by christmas time they're going to start rolling out the microtransactions and loot boxes mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. well didn't they do the pretty much the same thing with uh, black ops 4 <sighs> i'll be truthful i didn't really play that game as much as yeah. i should have because i'm like with megatron i bought that game because i was going to play with friends and then everybody kind of fell off the bandwagon very quickly. And I, you know, that's one of the, like, I don't really regret having a massive backlog. But sadly, when it comes to Call of Duty Black Ops, that's one of those games where I really regret the fact of I, I bought that game full price with the season pass and never really got my money's worth out of it. Yeah, well, it was, no a content, it was a content no thing for that. me. Mm -hmm. Like, ahead, it, yeah, sorry, as you said, Megatron, like, you know, no campaign. 
Um, obviously, the focus was on the Battle Royale. Even with the amount of maps that it had, you know, if you're going to be focusing on the multiplayer, it's just you should have had more maps at launch, too. And to me, even the aesthetics of it, I just didn't recognize it as a Black Ops game. To me, it wasn't Black Ops 4. To me, it was just Call of Duty Online, really, to me. It also reminded me of a little bit of Rainbow Six Siege, just more uh, superhero-like, because you had, when you got into the actual arcade play, you had different operators that had their own special abilities that really changed the dynamic of the game, and it reminded me of Rainbow Six Siege, where you have these operators that, you know, I know they're supposed to be built on based on real-life individuals or real life um actual military units that are out there in this world and some of them just have these abilities that totally change the dynamic of the game and that's where i was just like wow it almost feels like they're just trying to copy you know they're trying to copy fortnite over here because they know battle royale they've seen how ubisoft has totally resurrected uh rainbow six siege it's it definitely reminded me of there wasn't very much innovation. It was more like cut, copy, and paste. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, again, with the whole Outer Worlds resolution fiasco, uh, I'm glad that it was, all, it was all cleared up. But just for you know, a few hours, it was just funny, like the amount of bantering going on. I just I couldn't believe it just over, uh, you know, a little thing Can like resolution. <laughs> I liked the idea of what somebody said. Could you imagine if Xbox, this with the roles were reversed? People would be like, oh, look, Xbox is once again not getting blah, 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 because it's Xbox. But then all of a sudden it occurs that this whole resolution thing is happening and all of a sudden people have something to say about it. And, you know, it's like that whole argument. What what works from one company should be able to work for the other on different company, but apparently not. Well, it's going to be quite interesting come next year when we got the new consoles and they show off everything officially i'll be curious to see how many people are counting the blades of grass in uh, halo infinite let's just put it like that <laughs> i think at e3 they should have a booth where people are counting blades of grass and they can win prizes kind of like at a carnival you know how many blades of grass can you count and uh figure out which console it is what do i win yeah, yeah they win goldfish just like at the carnival can I get like, at least like a stuffed conquer or something? Like uh, jelly, counting the jelly beans in the jar, right? Like <laughs> yeah, exactly. How many <laughs> blades of grass are on the screen? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, guys, I'm going to move on to the next topic. And Xbox Game Pass has become, well, a very impressive service for Microsoft with more people joining in for the library on hand. But now we've got some really interesting numbers coming out. And they really say a lot about the effects of the service. Now, this was shared the other day from ID at Xbox lead, Agostino Sim Simonetta, at a game industry biz event with lots of positive data for the service. Now, first, being that subscribers to Game Pass are playing 40% more games. And this includes games outside of Game Pass catalog. Now, that's pretty impressive, isn't that, fellas? Yeah, I would say. I mean, I, I mean, speak for myself. I love Game Pass. My kids love it. You know, uh, I've saved a ton of money. It's a great value. And you can't beat it. And it works with Game Share as well because I'm doing it now. 
<laughs> I just fired up the other Xbox and we got it downstairs and upstairs and uh, it works without a hitch. So mm-hmm. Game Pass Game Pass is a win in my book. Absolutely. Absolutely. And he also pointed out an increase in Xbox users trying a wider variety of games. Something about like 91% of subscribers, they play games that they wouldn't have any other time without Game Pass. So people are trying new things because they have that library to sample. Like that's just pretty impressive altogether. I know for myself... Uh, since I got Game Pass, obviously, you know, uh, through you, Megatron, which I'm very grateful for. I've been playing games that I wouldn't have normally tried, normally bought, like especially at release, like whether it be little indie games or games that I missed out on. For example, I'll give everybody an example. Uh, I recently played through Batman Arkham Asylum. Obviously, it's an older game, but everyone was just saying so many positive things about him. Like, okay, you know what? I'm in a Batman mood. I just saw the Joker. I'm like, okay, let's play it. And lo and behold, I, I played through it and I loved it. I, I absolutely enjoyed it. And then that made me want to play on. They have uh, Batman Arkham City. So of course, hey, you know what? I'll try that too. And just this whole effect, like this spiraling effect that I just want to try this and that and that. It's having me sample everything. And I, I just completely love the service. <laughs> what can I say? It's great, man. It's awesome. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, Shock, what are your thoughts on this? Um, are these numbers uh, like impressive to you? Like, do you think that uh, like more people trying other genres, like that's obviously a positive thing for uh, Xbox. Oh, definitely, yeah. I mean, that's one of the things that's great about Game Pass, uh, especially with a lot of these indies that are going to be entering it like day one. Uh, like I'm excited to play that after party uh, indie game that they showcased. Um, that's going to be entering in pretty soon. Um, but yeah, you get to try a bunch of stuff you would never had spent because. A lot of them be like 20, 30 bucks. And you're like, well, I'm not going to spend, you know, you, you don't know that developer. Uh, so you get to know a lot of other games, smaller devs. So you can see what's, hey, maybe I'll check out this game because I played the other one from them. And I like the last one they made. So so you get to branch out a lot. So I don't get all mm-hmm. the neg- negativity around it. Saying like it devalues Xbox games. I'm like, who who cares? Like you have direct access to them. You can either subscribe or you can buy them they're like i like to own my own games i'm like we can still do that you can just buy them and not use game pass Mm -hmm. i don't understand (laughs) we got uh, delilah in the chat here and uh obviously she's a huge xbox fan and she's like oh i had to stop through and i love the arkham games they're so fun the outer worlds launching on game pass is huge especially when you compare it to the availability cost on other platforms and you know she makes a great point obviously we we had touched on that you gotta before. get Delilah on the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, her, uh, her, uh, her uh, gaming crew, grown woman gaming. Shout out to them. She is a really, really smart woman who games. And uh, I missed you last night, by the way. I saw the invite, but uh, yeah, we gotta get them on the show one day, man. All right, <clears throat> all right. Me and Delilah will be in touch, definitely. Um, but yeah, Game Pass. I mean, I just love the availability of the games. Obviously, when it first launched, I mean. Hey, I like the library. Um, maybe at first it wasn't as strong, but now there's just so much to choose from, whether it be AAA games or uh, smaller indie titles. 
but there's all kinds of stuff that I just uh, I have downloaded. I'm like, oh man, I totally forgot that I had that on my Xbox. Um, I, I don't really know what else to say. It's 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 just uh, to me like as much as I don't want to prop it up anymore. I do think it is a fantastic service, and obviously the statistics are pointing in that direction. Xbox users are really liking it. Um, um, that brief scare that uh, I think uh, Uptown Soul, his Twitter account, he had posted saying that uh, that it was listed that Halo Wars Definitive Edition was going to leave Game Pass because they had it mistakenly and they're leaving soon. <laughs> it's like, you know, you can go buy that <laughs> game on 360 for five bucks at GameStop. Like, now that wasn't true, out. obviously, was it? it Since wasn't. it's a first party no, game, it came out no, from Microsoft's Twitter account that it didn't, that it wasn't true. Mm-hmm. And I found that pretty weird too, because when when that stuff was getting thrown around, I was like, well, that doesn't really make any sense. That's a first party game. All their first party games are going to be staying in the library permanently. So when I first saw that, I was like, that has to be some kind of a glitch or an error, you know. So I don't know. I just found that kind of funny. Uh, because what was it? It was Halo Wars two, and wasn't there a, another and couple Doom. of games? Uh, Halo's Halo War, Wars, Halo Wars two, and Doom. Yeah, yeah. Doom. Oh. Two that were mistakenly put in. Yeah. Phenomenal game, by the way. Halo Wars two. If you guys played that, play it it's on Game Pass. No, not oh. Halo Wars two. It was the original Halo Wars. Oh, it was the original Halo Wars. It was a okay. remastered version of it. Yeah. Oh right, right, yeah. Well, but it was like this is a what a decade twelve year old game. It's like was okay. I'm not no one losing sleep over this game, and it's five bucks if you want the 360 version. Hey, I I love Halo Wars too personally. I, I think it's, the I mean sorry the first Halo Wars. It's uh, fantastic to me. Like for the amount of content there, mm-hmm. um, I, I liked it. I really liked. It. I mean Halo Wars two is great too. Um, I, I would say it's a little lighter in the content area, but still, I mean, beautiful game, and I had a lot of fun with it. But yeah, it was really surprising when I saw that. Like, really leaving uh, Game Pass? I don't think so. That must be a mistake. So glad that got cleared up. Um, but yeah, a lot of things, a lot of good things coming with Game Pass. I'm glad to see that the statistics are strong. And yeah, guys, I definitely suggest grabbing Game Pass. There's usually some kind of sales on for it. I had extended it for a buck <laughs> when it was on. So uh, especially, hey, Xbox Game uh, Game Pass Ultimate. Hard to go wrong there, right? All right, fellas, moving along to our next topic. And it looks like we've got another PS5 leak. And according to a recent price listing from a European retailer, the PS5s will will cost 500 euros, which roughly translate to about $560 US. The release date is also set for December 4th, 2020, on par with the projections for it. So, guys, some interesting stuff popping up, of course. Now, do you guys trust the information on this listing, or is this just a random placeholder, do you think? Hell no. I don't think (laughs) December 4th is kind of too late in the season. I think if you're going to release a console, I think ideally, I would think September or October. Maybe the latest no November. They're giving Black the, Friday up to yeah, they're not going to miss Black Friday. No, that's the if you don't mind me interrupting. Mm-hmm. Um, comicbook.com relayed this information, mm-hmm. but according to a lot of reports and analytics that are being done, the December is actually looking like a very valid 
release date for the PlayStation because they the the leak because I did the video on it. The leak came out of a uh, retailer in Slovakia, so you know you can take it with a grain of salt. But there is numerous sources before this leak even came out that were already talking about how the release date for the PS5 is going to be later than people think. And they are really believing that it's going to be December. Um, and I think that's partially because I think they do want Xbox to release first. So that way, if by some chance the Xbox Scarlet flops, they will be able to kind of swoop in for the win. Hmm. That's an interesting take. Well, the price threw it off for me because it was like 550 US. I'm like, there's not going to do 550. There's no reason to because in a lot of economic terms that if once you put at 550, people just automatically assume it. Oh, okay. 600. See, tax and everything. That, like, again, um, they equate them to being almost the same price. Again, um, <clears throat> it's not out of their wheelhouse to charge $600 for a console. Um, look at what happened with the PS3. We're well, also like 550. Like, oh, why yeah. would you do 550 US? That's what it equated to from the Europe. I think it's going to be more towards the 600 side of the spectrum, um, purely because yeah. um, you know we're talking SSD hard drives, custom graphic processors, um, and we're also using uh, really really good RAM. Like uh, <clears throat> like uh, if you go and look at the, uh, I did it in a previous video. Dealer also touched on it. Um, somebody superimposed one of the uh, the uh, codes off of the top of the RAM chips when they showed the board for the Scarlet. Mm. And these are Samsung RAM chips. These aren't some just, you know, random run-of-the-mill discount bargain bin RAM chip. They're, if they're using Samsung RAM chips, they're using name brand parts. These consoles are going to be a premium experience that is probably more than likely going to come with a premium price. Right. Hmm. Well, it's interesting. Do you think that they would... Well, there is that rumor, though. I'm sorry. Uh, I'm sorry, Invader. But there, there was a rumor. They did say they may be releasing two consoles, right? Is Wasn't that... Was that any truth to that? Did you guys remember that just recently? There was a rumor a while back about that, but I'm not sure if it got shot. I, I'm pretty sure it got shot down by Sony, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. Maybe. I, I remember... I remember seeing something about that. I'm pretty sure that they're just doing one traditional console, but I, I, I could be mistaken. Chat, you can back me up on that if you'd like. Um, but I just have a feeling that Sony's still going to go the traditional console, like one console route on this, at least right off the bat anyways. Um, the only thing I don't believe is the, the release date. I mean, to think, I mean, you're going to miss... Black Friday, like you're not going to release before November or around that time. I mean, that just that's the only thing I don't believe. The price, you know, mm -hmm. to be a toss up, but to miss one of the biggest shopping holidays Microsoft would have a great opportunity is if they beat you to market and if they were just to be crafty and be like, you know what, we got to make sure let's undercut them by a hundred bucks. Like they undercut you by a hundred and they're first on the market. Like, I mean, obviously, PlayStation has all the momentum still, so that's going to help. You released the Scarlet, Game Pass, whatever you're going to include with Game Pass. Yeah, Game Halo's Pass and $100 left. Halo is coming out 
Halo is coming, Infinite is coming out the day of release of the console. I mean, that's that brings you back to the X, the OG Xbox days. I mean, and maybe for maybe we, and who else knows we're going to get next that during you know 20 uh 2020. I mean, that's going to be E3 is going to be big this year and very telling. And then Halo Infinite is coming out, you know, the same time as Scarlet is. I mean, I don't, I mean, it just makes me not want to believe that one aspect of that, that rumor, that leak of that, uh, them releasing December 4th, you said, or it's yeah, just December 4th. Yeah, December 4th was the most concrete date I've heard, but a lot of them are just saying December. But, well, even so, I remember like the last consoles uh, in 2013, they were well past uh, Black Friday, if I'm not mistaken. And that's one thing like to point out. What was the one thing we've all been talking about Black Friday? Sale, sale, sale. Like people expect were discounts on Black Friday. People expect discounts on Black Friday. That's the whole reason why people sleep outside stores and do crazy stuff and fight each other in parking lots is because they want to play crazy cheap prices for really great stuff. And nobody's going to go flock out on Black Friday and want to buy a, a full price item. Um, that might be one reason why they're not too concerned about the Black Friday uh, spending because they know the holidays in general just get people to spend money. Um, and if this does turn out to be true, that means that Xbox has the potential. I'm not saying guaranteed, but has the potential to come out a full month before the PS five. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, I was a bit mistaken, uh, before I just researching it. Uh, so the consoles were out a week before black Friday back in 2013, or at mm -hmm. least, yeah, from the looks of it. That's and the thing. stores run those deals. Like Microsoft doesn't take the hit. The like Best Buy will run a sale because they'll get people in the store and then they'll buy their stuff. Mm -hmm. So you wouldn't want to miss that for sure. Right. Yeah. So I don't know. It'd be interesting to miss it by a week. Right. So See, I don't know. I've heard on some of those Black Friday sales that they sell them like they're they're like promotional items that get sold and they were specifically for that reason they were like over that's why with a lot of televisions that you buy on black friday they're actually the year before televisions most of them they're not state they're not brand new top of the line televisions that just came out they're like last mm -hmm. year's televisions left over and that's why they're being discounted like that, because basically the manufacturers are liquidating their stock. And the funny part is I do have friends that work at GameStop. When you go in and buy a game that's on sale at, at GameStop, GameStop isn't the one taking the hit. They actually get reimbursed for the full retail value of that game by the, the, the publisher of that game. So it, it's, it's really weird. A lot of times... Um, even though the company is using those uh, those prices to get people in the door, they're yeah. actually doing it pretty risk free, and it's really going back on the manufacturer or publisher of whatever is being sold. Mm -hmm. Well, a lot of times they'll like sell the system, and they'll be like, "Okay, you buy two games with it, we'll give you like twenty bucks off." So, you're oh still yeah, well, the that's price for the system. Most of the time, like, the with publisher, systems, yeah, might give you a deal. Most of the time with systems on Black Friday, I've noticed really then rather than discounting the system a lot of times, especially when they're brand new, they really like to do bundle deals where you buy the system, you get a controller and a stack of games, 
basically they don't want to discount the console. They're just trying to basically uh, throw things in to incentivize you to want to pay full price for it. Mm -hmm. Well, it's definitely going to be interesting to see when the official release dates come because December 4th, while... I mean, I could see them targeting for November at the same time, even if it was delayed by a week or so. December, the first week of December doesn't really seem that far off to me, to be honest with you. So we'll see, guys. You know, anything's possible at this point. But, hey, you know, we're starting to see some things leak through the cracks, maybe, just maybe. But with that said, we'll move on to our next topic here. And Capcom is saying that it wants to revive a bunch of its dormant IPs. And in a recent investors report, the company COO uh, Haruhiro Sujimoto discussed Capcom's future plans, including being adamant about bringing back classic games, stating that for the time being, while we are placing a priority on maximizing the revenue from current core IP, we are actively looking to utilize dormant IP. So some very interesting comments here, especially considering we've heard over the past year similar sentiments from other Capcom employees. Guys, what are your thoughts? What franchises could you see Capcom possibly revisiting and reviving? Do any older games come to mind? Because, hey, personally, I would love to see a Dark Void 2, just saying, just putting it out there, Dark <laughs> Void 2 kicks butt. <laughs> I think I'm going to start focused on you pronouncing that uh that gentleman's name without messing it up because i would have botched it completely dude invader <laughs> does win an award i thought that like, too man jesus i was giving you a little golf clap behind the scenes <laughs> and my camera was off because i'm like what i try I, man i try anytime i anytime i see a name from that part of the world i'm just gonna send it over to invader and be like hey how do you say this <laughs> well it takes lots of practice but you know <laughs> but uh, yeah you know i mean looking at some of the names yeah some of the uh, japanese names are a little difficult but you know you you know you, you manage through them a little bit just uh take some practice but yeah guys capcom has you know a very storied history they got lots of games lots of old ip that people want to see brought back and they're interested you know obviously they had a lot of success with uh monster hunter the past year the uh, was it resident evil 2 as well early on they have a lot of ips that a lot of people weren't revisited what would you guys like to see brought back they're hitting some home runs with those man i i really can't think of it i'm thinking my first thing that came my first game would be maybe power stone i enjoyed that a lot um but that is capcom right am i that's not coming on me it is capcom power stone Yes, somebody help me I, out. I believe so, yes. And then it was um, Steel Battalion. Those are the only two that I played and enjoyed. I can't really think of anything I had off the, right offhand. Thank uh, you for sure. saying Steel Battalion, by the way. I mean, I love my mech games, so... Uh... The game was fun, bro. That controller was... I mean, it was the most expensive game still, I think, today. Um, maybe possibly Rock Band beat it out. But I think that game was 250 when it first released. It was just an offline, you know, campaign. No versus, no anything. So you just bought this big, humongous controller, which was fun to use. And the learning curve in itself was just fun. 
and no. you beat the game, and then that was it. You just spent two hundred dollars, and you know, <laughs> and then that following year they released uh, Steel Battalion Two, and it was online, and you got to play with people from all over. So this um, isn't the Connect version, you're saying? <laughs> no, not the Connect version. That is not even in my. I can't ever want to even think about trying that game. It's just kind of. Uh, why they did that? Why I have no idea. <laughs> oh, of all the games to use it, like maybe some practice, some practical applications. But man, they did really you, did. You try that out though, Invader? No, I, I <laughs> wanted to because I'm a huge Mac fan. I hey, I actually don't mind some Connect games, but man, as soon as I saw that it was for Connect, I was like, "What are you guys doing?" Oh. This guy brought in a Steel Battalion, uh, never opened original Xbox. <laughs> With the whole controller and everything, nice. Um, but they wanted six hundred for it, so I was like, "Yeah, I'm gonna pass on that one." Ooh, dang! Well, you know, there's they got, like I said, a whole bunch of IP that Dino people. Yeah, I was just gonna say that uh, Dino Crisis, and there's been a lot of rumors about Dino Crisis coming back, like going back even to like the Xbox One reveal. People are saying that Xbox was going to steal that away, get Capcom working on it. But uh, yeah, there's a lot of people want to see some Dino Crisis love. Uh, actually, funny enough, over the past couple of days, I've seen some Okami talk as well. A lot okay. of people like that franchise. They want to see it brought back. Do we have any Ghost and Goblins fans here? Oh, I played a ton of it on NES, and um, I think it's available for the switch if i'm not mistaken um and that game was hella hard um and i enjoyed every minute of it me and my uh, evil twin brother would play that game for hours and hours and hours and still be on the first level because we suck <laughs> but because we suck but uh yeah ghosts and goblins man would be would be cool maybe a remaster some fr fresh coat of paint yeah music well, obviously, they don't mind doing that, so that would mm -hmm. be pretty fantastic. I, hey, I wouldn't mind that. I know a couple of people from the DazCast crew, UK Daz, I'm pretty sure would love to see a Ghost and Goblins, I'm pretty sure. What about even more recent games that uh, need some love? Dragon's Dogma definitely comes to mind. People seem to like love that game. Never tried that one. What else? What, Bionic Commando. That's a mm -hmm. Capcom game, right? I had fun with that. That was all NES stuff. Yep. Um... That was pretty good. I know there's been some some iterations, different ones of that, uh, but uh, never tried it. But uh, I wouldn't mind seeing Bionic Commando coming out with that. You know, uh, he had that grappling hook and he just kind of traversed mm -hmm. the uh, the world. Uh, well, that game got some love too. I remember some iterations on the uh, 360 arcade, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I think that was. And how long ago was that? Uh, I'd be lying if I knew a specific date. I want to say like around 2009, 2010, something like that. But, you know, I, hey, I wouldn't mind seeing it come back in some form. I'd play it. Mm -hmm. Like they've, uh, isn't Strider a Capcom uh, yeah. IP as well? I know that, what was it, before Double Helix got bought and they were doing Killer Instinct, they also did a Strider reboot too. And, I, there was some mixed things about it, but aesthetically, I, I, I kind of liked it. It looked pretty cool to me. So I'd yeah. be open to another Strider. Here's one for you. Another mech game that's also a Capcom IP. Lost Planet. Oh, Anybody I remember Lost Planet? 
Dude, I've even thought about buying those on Backcompat. I remember they playing just re- those. They just released those. Wasn't it the beginning of this year they released those for backwards compatibility? Yeah, they did. I think so. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I believe so. Like, hey, those games were, like, pretty cool. Right off the bat, was it Lost Planet, the first one? That was a, uh, that was a, like, a 360 exclusive early. at one point. Yeah, it was exclusive, the first one at least. Yeah. Because uh, it came out before. I'm pretty sure it came out before the PlayStation was out. Yeah, it was early on. I remember that. That was one of the uh, games that Microsoft was, uh, I don't want to say hyping up, but, you know, there, there was a lot of interest well, I had a free in demo it. Too, so a lot of people got to try it. Yeah. But, uh, hey, I, I love my exploring alien planets, I love mech games. You know, I'm just a big fan of that kind of genre, and I would lo- I would love to see that series return. But I don't know, guys. Do you think? Obviously, we've had Street Fighter on the PS4. Do you think that we'll see a Street Fighter game come to uh, Xbox anytime soon? I want to see why not. I mean, I think they imagine the next one. I hope so, but you never know, right? Obviously, with the exclusivity deal, they did release that collection recently, so I think they would keep it going. True, true. Well, you never know. You never know. What guys, uh, guys in the chat? What would you like to see uh, from Capcom? Whether it be a remaster or just an IP comeback out of the blue? Because again, Capcom very storied. You know, it'd be nice to see a new Mega Man game come out. Actually, they did have one a couple what a year ago. But yeah, Dark Stalkers. Yeah, yeah, Dark Stalkers would be nice too. Again, Capcom—they got loads of IP, and I would love to see them utilize them. Um, Heck, I would—you know what? I would even welcome. I know this series has seen an iteration back in 2016 and 2013, but I would really love to see them put their heart and soul into another Dead Rising game, personally. But I don't know. The last Dead Rising game I thought was kind of meh, personally. So, uh, just my thoughts on that. Let's see. Well, let's move on to our next topic, fellas. And some news came our way. It was very interesting when it comes to trademarks popping up. Now, Take Two Interactive has recently registered a bunch of mafia related trademarks, one being for the mafia name trademark, and the other being for Mafia 2. 2016's Mafia 3 saw mixed reviews, and the studio responsible for it had some layoffs because of it. Now, I'm a big fan of the Mafia games, especially Mafia 2. To me, more Mafia is always a good thing, in my opinion, when it comes to those games. Now, guys, what do you think of these trademarks? Do you think they're pointing towards a new game, maybe possible remasters? What do you think? Well, everybody don't talk at once. Bueller? <laughs> Bueller? Um, well, I did notice at the end of the article, it did say they could just be renewing the license just to renew it. Um, <clears throat> but I will be truthful. Um, I'm a bit of a fraud. I haven't played any of the Mafia games yet. I have Mafia 3 in my backlog because it really leapt out at me as something that looks like I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to enjoy to play. Um, but definitely, um, that's where I just, you know, it could mean nothing, but at the same time, it could mean something because, you know, registering these trademarks, um, 
am I right? This isn't exactly something that's done free. You got to pay to register these trademarks, correct? That's correct. Yeah. So that you wouldn't put, you wouldn't re-register trademarks unless you had some kind of an intention from right. Yeah. So definitely, uh, you never know because I uh, I heard a lot of people uh, give Mafia Three in high regard. So he definitely could have a sequel. But you know, I've heard a lot of people talk about how they enjoyed Mafia Two and Mafia One. So you could also have a remaster of those two uh, that they're cooking up as well. Yeah, it's possible. Uh, I mean, I would. Mafia Two really sticks out to me because it just it had a wonderful like character base to it. Plus the the setting itself, it was a cool period to be in, and the world. The world was cool. Um, it was one of those games. It was an open world game that it didn't have any load times. You can just walk into a building, and there was no loading into it. Uh, my one thing would be if I had to nitpick about it. It didn't have that many action sequences from what I remember. It could have had a little more, you know, like f actual like like fight scenes going on. But it was a solid game, solid game. I speak highly of Mafia 2. Mafia 3 didn't capture me in the same way. Uh, and then I like personally, I had heard some mixed things about a lot of bugs and so on. So I was kind of put off by it originally. I might pick it up sometime soon if I see it uh, like on a low, low sale, but mafia games, they just, yeah, oh, I just Mafi didn't, I enjoy them. Mafia three. Uh, if I'm right, I've seen it. Like, um, if I'm right, the deluxe version for that game around black Friday should be somewhere around like 10 bucks. And that's for the base game. Plus the uh, season pass. Well, then that's pretty awesome. I may need to pick that up then. Um, let's see who we got popping in the chat here. Mr. Kima. He says, good show. Thank you very much, my friend. Uh, we go oh, uh, to answer my question earlier. We have lots of people putting in what they'd like to see Capcom revisit. Ghosts and Goblins, Mega Man X9, Onimusha. Oh, I totally forgot about Onimusha. Oh, Onimusha. Huh. That'd be a good one. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, there's a new one. Yeah. Oh, Dreadpool popped in. Uh, very cool. Uh, nice to see you here, Dreddy. Um, yeah. Oh, Shizno Elite here saying Mafia 2 was very fun, but there wasn't anything to do besides the story, which negates the need for an open world. And he brings up a good point. He br does bring up a good point um, that there wasn't a lot to do. And I totally agree with you on that. But I don't know, man, just something about the world, the voice acting and when I was. Don't super... shoot me, but did Mafia 2 come out this gen? No, it came out last gen, actually. Okay, that's what I thought. And then, and then and I was trying to talk, and my mic was muted, so I'm sorry. My daughter's <laughs> got this little squeezy toy that's, like, singing, and I tried to, like, not have that playing in the background when I was talking. But I have Mafia 3. Um, never played it. It's in the backlog. And, uh, yeah, so call me a fraud. But I do want to play the game. But I just haven't mm -hmm. had time to get around to it. So xCloud for the win, hopefully, with that. <clears throat> Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think Mafia 2 is uh, backwards compatible as well. Um, but it would totally make sense if we saw a remaster for it, you know, especially because there have been rumors about Hangar 13, the studio responsible for uh, Mafia 3 working on a Mafia 4. There have been talks about it supposedly being set in Las Vegas, like 1960s, 1970s, I believe. So that'd be pretty cool. And uh, this, yeah, actually, that setting would rock now that I think about it. Um, 
But yeah, more Mafia is a good thing. Um, Shock, have you played any of the Mafia games? Uh, I don't think, no. I haven't played a single one. I've kinda, I think I watched people play the first one on, I think, the PS2. All right. Uh, Shock lives that life. He can't play the game. He's that's just daily. Shock <laughs> is the game. What are you talking about? <laughs> like I'm breaking someone's legs right now. <laughs> oh, I think man. it's just been a game that stood out too much. Like I guess somewhat the first one, and then the second one. There's so much going on last gen that totally missed it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, the story is pretty awesome, and I highly suggest picking it up if uh, if we get a remaster out of it. I mean, it would make sense to have a remaster for this. You know, you got the uh, the trademarks pointing to that, in my opinion, and then you announce a Mafia 4, and then so on and so forth. You know, it kind of lines up well, especially, hey, you know, we got next gen around the corner, just saying, right? Um. But yeah, that's what it was. PS2 era. We had Godfather, Scarface. There were so many mafia movies or mafia games. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Now that you mention it, Godfather. Yeah, that's right. Scarface. Remember Scarface as well? The movie, yes. The game, no. no so... There was a Scarface game. I remember that. Um, also, a good movie, by the way. Definitely. But, uh, all right, guys, uh, let's move on to what we've been playing. What's everybody been playing lately? We'll start with Shock. What have you been playing the past week or so? Um, yeah, a uh, little, little Persona 4 Golden, some Destiny. Uh, I'm trying to think what else I was jumping on recently. Um, oh, I found some good spots to download some... ISOs and ROMs, but yeah, <laughs> I was uh, stocking up on those to get, I was going to buy some, uh, uh, they have that new, um, I forgot what I was going to say, my uh, Sega Saturn, I bought an FPGA board that goes in it so I can load it up with an SD card, because those nice. games are hella expensive to buy. Um, so yeah, finding some good ISOs is hard lately, not to Nintendo. <laughs> <laughs> All right, all right, very cool. You're working through there. Uh, Centurion, what have you been playing the past uh, week or so? <clears throat> well, I've been uh, playing a extreme amount, uh, an unhealthy amount of Destiny 2. Uh, if anybody here ever wants to join me, please feel free to hit me up anytime. I also got a great crew. I'm part of the BG4G Hub Clan, so there's definitely enough of us to... Uh, get like a good social gathering going on and actually do some raids and stuff like that. Um, outside of destiny, I've also been trying to still hammer away at the DLC on, uh, Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Um, I checked out, uh, ghost recon Breakpoint. Um, I've just been all over the place. As a matter of fact, I, uh, also played a little bit of the Zelda's link awakening. I want to probably say I'm almost like, I know I'm more than a quarter of a way through that game i'm pushing like halfway through that game how's that so far i'm enjoying it you know it's definitely making me feel like a kid again um it definitely shows what happens when you can take your time and really do a remaster or a remake whatever you want to call it from the ground up um versus just rushing one out we all know some companies are guilty of that but when you take your time you could definitely make a really great product, and Link's Awakening is a very good example of that. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sound like a true gamer, man. <laughs> You've been gaming. I remember oh, God, yeah. I demoed it again like uh, two months ago. And I was like, oh, man, I I was in love with it because the colors just pop out. The art style, I wasn't sure about it at first, but then everything just seems to work well. And, yeah, it's, it's such a fun game. Like, I know, and it's all reading. Uh, the characters, they don't talk. They make these, like, off-cuff noises. Um, it's, <laughs> you know, you're just... Let, it, let me it, hear it. Let me hear you make the noise. I am give not me, going to little, make some of the noises. Me, no, me, I'm not even going to try. Is a bleep? Is a bloop? Let me, let me hear it, like, They all make their own individual noises. That is for sure. Um, and, uh, He's yeah, lying, that, ladies and gentlemen. I don't believe him anymore. If he can't make that little noise that Zelda makes or Link, then I don't know. I don't know if I believe the story. He's like, oh, my God. <laughs> Zelda makes so many different noises. Oh, the screaming? Oh, his, oh, his gas. <laughs> Yeah, there it is. There it is. Whereabouts are you in the game? Um, I there's eight dungeons from what I've read in the game, and I just started dungeon three. Nice. So as soon as I get to dungeon four, I'll be pretty much halfway through the game. Um, definitely no, eight there's... to twelve hours, right? Eight to eight to twelve hours to beat. Something like I that. Heard it yeah, was it... short. I heard it wasn't that long. Well, yeah, but I heard it's it was... based off of a Game Boy game, you know. And the funny mm-hmm. part is, with the Game Boy game, there wasn't much of a save feature. So, you know, <laughs> you had to basically, you know, never turn that thing off or be able to beat it in large chunks. Uh, this is really cool, especially with the sleep feature of the Nintendo. Like that is something that definitely goes under the radar is we know PlayStation and Xbox have these resume gameplay where you can put the consoles to sleep and, you know, continue playing them. But I've had times where either one of them have shut off and you got to restart the game anyways. Uh, dude, this Nintendo man, literally, I haven't, like I have gone weeks, if not months in between playing a game sometimes on that Nintendo and you just start right back up in that game. It was like, Hey, did you want to play the la- the game you just last played? And I'm, you know, just amazed by that. Nintendo innovation. And then speaking on Zelda, I mean, I think Zelda was the first game to have a battery inside of the cartridge to help you like save where you left off. Am I not, if I'm mistaken, yeah, th- I think, they- yeah. Yeah, and that's actually the downfall of why some of these games are hard to find because the battery would break down over time, acid would spill out on the boards and just ruin Mm -hmm. them. Um, And not to mention, if you have some of these games now, the battery is obviously dead. And so you you turn the game off, you lose it. There's actually a couple gamers in the community that can actually take these cartridges apart and actually change the batteries. Nice. Oh, yeah, real, real easy. Oh, yeah. Now, here's a question for you, Centurion. Um, Luigi's Mansion is coming out in a few days for the Switch. Are you interested in that? That, I will be truthful, is not exactly my wheelhouse, but the Nintendo is like a shared thing between me and my wife. She saw Luigi's Mansion, and sh- that's on her radar. So it prob- I would not be surprised at all one bit if that game ended up in this household somehow. Yeah, well, actually, I totally forgot about it in uh, the new releases that we were talking about earlier. But that's coming out I on. Oh yeah, it's coming out on Halloween actually. So it'll be mm-hmm. next week. But still, like, which is perfect for Luigi's Mansion. But I got a chance to de- demo it a couple of months ago as well, and I got nothing to say but good things about it. Like, I'll be getting that for myself. I'll totally admit that. <laughs> I they've re- I, released them on Switch, right? All of them or uh, the other two. 
I don't know, to be honest. I don't know if they have. I was going to say, yeah, I haven't seen or heard anything about them releasing the originals on the Switch. All I've heard is just Luigi Man- Luigi's Mansion 3. I think we're going to have to pick that up. Um, I enjoyed the first one on the GameCube. If I'm not mm-hmm. it's the GameCube, right? I never beat it, but I had fun playing it. You know what's funny about that? I played it and beat it on the GameCube as well, but I had originally bought it for uh, an ex-girlfriend of mine at the time, and I ended up just playing right through it, beating it, and man, oh man, I I didn't think anything of it at the time, but man, the original Luigi's Mansion was just such a cool game. I, I don't know, man. Like It was just cool. I like it. I like the Luigi. What can I say? But uh, move on to what I've been playing recently. Of course, as I touched on before, Batman Arkham Asylum, I beat it. Great game, and I, I can't believe I passed on it, guys. I can't believe I passed on it. Um, and Are you I'm moving just, on to a si- uh, city? Yes, I have okay. started like the first hour or two of city, and yeah, there's a lot of noticeable upgrades to it, that's for sure. I can tell... Uh, you know what they you know, they took what they've uh, learned from making asylum and transferred you know everything to uh city yeah and <laughs> i can totally see myself beating city and working my way on to arkham knight because i'm just i i really like the mechanics and the game just looks beautiful so now are you doing the riddler trophies too uh, at, in asylum years, i right? was but city not so much well, th- yeah, th- it seems very daunting, but um, at least in um, Arkham Knight, to truly beat the game and to get the actual full ending of Arkham Knight, you have to collect them all. You're kidding, right? How many of them is it? There, there's a couple hundred of them. <laughs> mm. like, and, and, and like what it is is... Uh, you to get the full ending uh i don't want to ruin it man because i mean like it, it actually changes the dynamic of the end of the game uh to get the full ending of arkham knight you need to collect all those riddle riddler trophies because it has to do with uh capturing all of the arkham uh the arkham city um villains and the riddler won't reveal himself until you've collected them all I kind of like what Salty said. Just watch it on YouTube. (laughs) Well, yeah. I was just going to say, Invader. Yeah. I was just going to say, Invader. You go ahead and do that. uh, The the hard work for us, and uh, just tweet it out when you get to that last one, and then stream it, so we all can (laughs) see it. Because there's no way in hell I'm going to have the time to do that. Oh, dude. But the ending, man. I mean, it totally blows your mind when you're like, "Oh my God, is he really going to do that?" Wow. Uh, you got me tempted now. I don't know. But, uh, of course, as I mentioned before, I've been playing a bunch. Uh, I've been pl- spending a lot of time with Friday the 13th, to be honest with you, since it was available with Games with Gold this month. And, as I said, I was playing it with Centurion on Friday night. A lot of fun. A lot of fun. I mean, it's buggy. Um, you can tell that it's not finished. The dev, you know, had moved on. And, uh yeah, it just it's cool. I kind of like it to be honest with you. And otherwise, oh yeah, I've been playing a bit of uh, Felix the Reaper. It was available on Xbox Game Pass. It's a little indie game, and it's a quirky puzzler. 
Um, it's got an interesting story to it. Um, I don't know how much, I don't know if I see myself putting in a lot of time into it, but I definitely want to sample it. And like the Xbox statistics were suggesting, you know, I'll sample anything. So, you know, it's expanding my, my genres, if you will. And it's a cute, quirky puzzler if anybody's interested in uh, picking it up. But with that all said, guys, uh, you know, it's been a blast, but this I, got, I got one more thing to yeah, say. You know, oh, it's he's October. Got something to say. All right. It's, 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 it's October, right? So, like, you know, we got the, you know, it's Halloween, you know, it's things are scary and things that go bump in the night and the black cats. What's the scariest game? That uh, we've all played, like, I mean, you know, Centurion Invader, Shock. Like, what's the scariest game you ever played? Just, just for this month, October. Like, can you guys think of a game that kind of freaked you out? I haven't had a game freak me out in a long time, but there was one game <clears throat> when I was growing up as a kid that really messed with me. And that was purely because I have a fear of deep water and everybody remembers Star Wars Shadows <laughs> of the Empire, right? Yes, I have that game. Actually. Yeah, on N64. And there was a, a level in the game where you had to run around in the sewers and literally go into deep water and fight things underwater and stuff. And for some reason, oh, that, yeah. always, that always messed with me as a kid. But that I've obviously gotten over that hurdle as I grow up, as I've grown, as I've grown up. Um, but even still in games today, when they have like moments where you're like out in the middle of the open ocean and you're looking down, you're like, dude, is there something in this water? I swear to God. <laughs> yeah, really? no, I, I know exactly uh, the levels he's talking about, too. I, I uh, remember playing that. I I was deathly afraid of like just going near the water. <laughs> so totally, totally understand. Uh, let's see. Uh, scariest game, scariest yeah, game. I'll just say for me, like, I remember playing Halo Combat Evolve and then getting to the part where I saw the flood for the first time and the music changing. And I was in home, I was at home, the lights were like just out, and I'm just sitting here being freaked out. Um, until Resident Evil came out, which was which one? What was the one that just came out like what two years ago last year? Resident which version was it? No, no, not two, no, before that. That's the remaster. What was the one that just recently came out? Oh. It was first person. Is that seven? Which Resident Evil was that? Seven. Yeah, yeah. that was Resident Evil Seven. seven. Oh, Biohazard. Yeah. I can't play that. It freaks me out. Like I can't. You know, uh, when you're in the scene, you go into that house and the woman's changing you're in VR on the PS4. and you're, you're being stabbed. Like I think you got. Didn't you get your hand cut off? I could not play that game. I, I'll never finish that game because it scares the hell out of me. Like it's just too realistic. I can uh I can't do it. I've tried and tried and tried. Tim has done it. I can't do it. <laughs> yeah, right. you know, in the VR with the PS4, you'll take off the headset and your like heart's beating as fast. Yeah, as I can't, man. I, I I just it's that good of a it, I guess they did a hell of a job with it because that's one of those games I don't think I'll ever ever finish because it's it's that scary to me. Yeah. Well, let's see. Recent things that's scary. I don't know. Have you seen the uh, Sarah Connor model? Uh, Sarah Connor uh, model for uh, Gears Four. Man, that thing looks like a ghoul from uh, <laughs> from Fallout. <Ooh. laughs> no. Um, let's see. Dead Space. 
dead space is bloody mm. scary at times like all the bloody uh that's yeah and then they the i liked uh what dreadpill said the fear series like fear was a really awesome game when it first came out a concept that i really point. wish i really wish they would touch more on a concept like that of like a paranormal you know investigation team where you have to go out and deal with things that most people don't want to deal with like I remember that that little girl just walking down the hallways towards you, and all you can do is just fire your gun with the hopes of that she just goes away. <laughs> hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah, I would say uh, I think the scariest one would be probably like that PT demo on the on the PS4. Uh, but if that doesn't count, since it's not a full game, uh, I would say Eternal Darkness. Back oh yeah, it was just kind of freaky. Just like playing by yourself in the dark, no one else home. Cockroach um, goes across the TV. Yeah, it's just mm-hmm. like that one kind of freaked me out. Yeah, I yeah. remember the first time I ever saw the cockroach. I thought it was real. Everybody starts <laughs> tripping out, man, thinking there's a cockroach on the TV. Oh my gosh! So now you just saw some. Like then you you're then you look like you're going insane when you're playing it with your friends. Spiders and roaches don't do it to me, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, do, no, the in Eternal Darkness, what made it really, really, they went in and they sculpted the cockroach perfectly to where it looked like it was on the inside of the tube television. Because back in those days, LCDs hadn't really, you know, LCDs were so god awful expensive, you barely knew anybody who had them. So everybody had a tube television. So when you see the cockroach, you're actually seeing it from the bottom, the legs and everything. And so it's like kind of messing with you because you're like, is there really a cockroach in my TV? Yeah, it's just, uh, I've been in a few households where that was a reality of things. So it's oh like, and there was a cockroach. <laughs> so, but, uh, yeah, Dang. I got, uh, we got, um, oh, I guess Michael. AB. Michael ABA. says um, Alien Isolation. Yes, yes, because you've truly felt hunted in that game. I totally agree with you on that, Michael. Mm-hmm. Not to be a plethora of worthless information, but you know how the alien worked in that game, right? The the bot, the alien had two AIs controlling the alien that looked for you. The body and the the body was one AI. The head was a second AI. The body wow. always knew where you were, but the head always had to look for you. And so basically that's why it always felt like you were hunted because the body would get the head as close as it could before the head had to do the rest of the actual searching for you. And I thought that was really cool when I read about the mechanics of how they actually created that whole, um, you know, that whole thought of you being constantly hunted. It does sound cool. There's some trivia for you. <laughs> I would have never known. The more you know. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, it's kind of funny how like games work, man. Like uh remember Half Life Two? Mm, does anybody remember yeah. Half Life Two? Oh, like, yes, oh yeah, yes, 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 yes. If you noticed in the game when you would shoot people, they would fall over rails very easily. It was because they wanted to have this dramatic death thing. And so they programmed it into the game that the the rails of the game would somehow attract dead bodies. So that way, when people when you shot somebody down, they just did this dramatic thing where they would just slump over the rail. And uh, 
it's just weird stuff like that for some reason that intrigues me on game building on how somebody actually thought that up and was just like, we need to put this in the game because we just want it to look dramatic. Half-Life 2, wow. Oh, that seems that like makes, forever ago. That brings me back to PT. Someone actually looked at, like, I guess the net code of it. And when you're hearing her, like, her voice, you're like, where is she? You can't see her. But no, you can't see her. But when your back is turned, she's literally hovering right behind you. That's why you can hear her so close to you. But you don't know she's there. <laughs> Everybody was like, holy shit. <laughs> That's even more creepy. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that that sounds very creepy. Yeah, there's a lot of good scary games out, but like I actually somebody mentioned Outlast. Like I still have to get through Outlast and Outlast Two. Like they're they're on my backlog, and it sucks because I want to get to them. But man, there's so much to play these days. It's it's not funny. The crunch is real. The crunch is real, my friends. Yes, it is. All right, fellas. Well, hey, it's been a blast, and uh, this episode is now coming to a close. But a massive shout-out to everyone that came to watch the show. Uh, Anthony Boyd, Michael Monkey Punch, Abacab72, Saltiest Gaming, thanks for joining us, bud, and a whole bunch of other wonderful people, Matt Jones. Uh, again, if you happen to enjoy this sh tonight's show then please consider leaving a like share this out to the world and leave a comment because we love the feedback and the conversations with everyone everybody that has the same gaming passion with that we share all right panel outro time now megatron uh where can everybody follow you my transformer friend yeah when i have time to game uh hopefully much sooner than later you can you can hit me up on uh xbox live megatron one and uh leave me a message or just you know just simply just say hello and uh you can follow me on twitter megatron underscore one nine seven five that's it all right fantastic my friend shock where can everybody uh get shocked at <laughs> um yeah you can find me at uh at shock Nero on twitter easy shock on psn and xbox live um and yeah i don't know my friend code for switch so yeah <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty, alrighty. centaurian oh sorry centurion i always want to say centaurian for some reason i don't do know i why. look like a half horse individual <laughs> uh do you really want to know no i'm just Dang. kidding my friend <laughs> um all right centurion where can everybody follow you uh, you can follow me on YouTube and Twitter and Xbox Live at Centurion1307. You can also always find me here kicking it with you guys on TXR. I'm also on the Saltiest Gaming Podcast on Thursdays and the Shop Podcast on Saturdays. And this week I will be joining Mr. Boomstick XL on Primetime Gaming tomorrow night. Nice. All right. Yeah, Boomy's a great guy. So many good things to say about him. I should get him on here sometime. He's a good guy. To talk games that with. Be great. I mean, oh yeah, he's seventy three. Awesome. Yeah, he's an awesome dude. <laughs> you know, before I even got into podcasting and actually being a content creator, he was one of the few podcasters you could reach out to on social me media that would actually take the time to respond to you. And I just thought that was really awesome. Like, I will definitely say he has been 
one of my role models uh, coming into podcasting and being like, you know, that's the attitude I want to have doing this. Absolutely. Absolutely. Boom. I got all kinds of good things to say about the guy. Very friendly and everybody should check out his content because I think he makes some really great, amazing, positive content out there. And of course, I'm Invader. You can find me on my YouTube channel, Invader Gaming, and I'm pretty active on Twitter at Invader underscore 1986. Guys, again, it's been a blast, and we can't wait to catch you on our next episode next Sunday. Hopefully, we got a few more guys uh, next week, but we look forward to seeing all of you there. Have a good night, fellas. Later. Later. Later.